You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. incredible successful chaotic entrepreneur uh th- those are her own words not mine um i'm gonna <laughs> give her a chance to introduce herself so maria please introduce yourself to my uh, audience tell them a little about a bit about yourself i think that's perfect i think successful and chaotic really re- encompasses who i am which is why that's my show's name because you know i my life is chaos i tell that to everybody my life is complete chaos and most people's are you know our own flavor of chaos is a little different and mine's quite flavorful let me tell you <laughs> but you know we're all we all really want the same thing we all want to be successful and you know my big thing in my own journey has been trying to figure out what does that word success mean to me because for a long time I was chasing somebody else's idea of success and it's not what it meant to me and I didn't realize that for a long time and I figured out a lot of people kind of have to go through that same journey that you know depending on how we were brought up and uh, the examples that we've seen you know that's how we form our first idea of success and then it kind of goes from there to figure out you know what do we want from it how do we define success and you know I don't think it's like a destination that you get to that you finally figure it all out you know but I do know a lot more than I did when I first kind of started this journey for sure yeah and you've launched a couple companies now you have well you have your building that you're in because we've talked a bit and working together you have the building has a cafe in it you have meeting places you have a podcast studio that you rent out plus on top of it you run your marketing business and your podcast production business out of it as well yeah you have your hands in a lot of pies i do and i have a wellness company as well so that's kind of a whole other (laughs) that's a whole other thing i I wasn't aware of that no 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 yeah i have a wellness company honestly i have more experience in the wellness world than i do in the marketing and business world um i've only been in the marketing business world started in 2008 um, but before that, I mean, I've been in the wellness world for more than 20 years at this point. So I have more experience than that. I was a personal trainer back in the day. I mean, I still technically am. Let's see. I always say that people are like, well, aren't you still a trainer? Well, you don't unbecome a trainer. I just don't actively work as a trainer anymore. Um, I work as an integrative nutritionist. I'm a nutritionist. So I work with people more on the nutrition side of things. And I will give people a basic workout plan, but I don't work in the gyms or anything of that anymore. Um, I have background in MMA. Um, you know, I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and kickboxing, you know, for a while and ended up, I ended up fighting a couple of times, um, low level, you know, nothing much. I always tell people, intelligent people don't like getting hit in the face very much. So I quit doing that and kind of transferred over to training other fighters. So (laughs) I'll train you to be a good fighter. You can take the punches. That was about how it went, which I ended up with still a lot of injuries because you get a lot of injuries in training even, um, especially since most of my clientele were men. So, you know, they, they outweighed me by quite a bit. Um, but, you know, it, it was it was a good time. I mean, I, I love my wellness world, but I found out accidentally that I was very good at marketing because I was having to market myself all the time. And when I uh, was married before because I've, I've been divorced. So I've been married twice now. I have a total of seven kids, four from my first marriage and three from my second marriage. And when I got divorced, you know, I was working as a trainer, which was great second income. And it was not a great let's raise four kids by yourself, Maria. 
you know, income. So that's how I ended up in marketing. And I think a lot of people are kind of surprised to learn that because it wasn't this, I've always dreamed of marketing. And I just, you know, this is what, where my heart is leading me. It had nothing to do with that. It was like, shit, I need to make some more money. How can I do that and do that quickly? It was like, I need money like now, like yesterday. So I was like, well, I'm constantly, you know, having to market myself because I was doing all my own boot camps, all the marketing for that, you know, all this stuff. So my goal at first was I went to American Marketing Association and got um, certified there, you know, for marketing and uh, digital marketing specifically. And um, just I was going to market myself out to other, you know, trainers and you know, People gems and stuff. Yeah, that was the first goal. So that was the first goal. So I was like, I'm going to go and I'll just do their stuff. You know, this is how I make some money. But then I got hired on by a marketing company and it, you know, I took more certifications in different classes specifically towards businesses, ended up, um, you know, doing some business management college classes. And I don't know, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the business aspect of it. It wasn't something I'd ever been, um, I guess, exposed to. My family was not business owners. You know, my family was blue collar, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it wasn't something I ever knew. It wasn't even something I ever imagined I could do because to me, I thought you had to, you know, get out of school, go to college, graduate college, get a good job, work there, you know, 30 plus years. And if you were lucky and had enough money, then you could start your business with what you had earned during that time. I literally thought that was how it went like every single time. I didn't even realize that there was another way of doing it. So that kind of, I started meeting more people whenever I worked for this marketing company and I started seeing a different way of doing things I had never been exposed to. And, you know, kind of looking back, I, where I worked, you know, for myself doing training, I've, I've been a quote unquote business owner for a long time, but I didn't count it as that, you know, I was working freelance. I was marketing myself, you know, all day long, but I didn't count that as a business until later when I realized what true entrepreneurship is. And, you know, I realized, Oh, well, I've been an entrepreneur this whole time, but I didn't even realize it, you know, because I didn't understand that terminology. I didn't understand that that was a word. And, you know, that, being able to kind of be exposed to these different ways of doing things, it literally changed my life. And, you know, it's, it's been a journey for sure. It's not like I, you know, had it all figured out right away. I fell on my face a lot and I made a lot of stupid choices, you know, and like a lot of people do, that's how you learn. If you don't have somebody telling you don't do this and you're like, Oh, that looks cool. Let me do that. And you do it anyway. You found out really fast. Is that a good decision or a bad decision? <laughs> you know, but you know, I think it's, I honestly think for me, that's the best way of learning. I don't know that even if somebody had come and told me, you know, I don't know that I would have listened. I would have been like, well, let me try it for myself, you know, type of thing. That independent streak is yeah, uh, very absolutely. strong. Uh, similar to the stories you were telling just before we went on air about being a Monday child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stubborn, stubborn goes way back, way back. Um, now you jumped into the marketing world because it was a necessity and then you fell in love with it, which is something a lot of entrepreneurs do. They find their passion and then it's, they've, they've just build their business around it. And now you've helped multiple businesses grow their business and you've decided to branch off. And you were telling me, uh, when we were, while we were working together that You've been building a case study for five years regarding the biz, the building that you bought and you retrofitted. What are your plans with that? Like, why were you doing such a huge experiment uh, that could end, could have ended up failing? But it looks like it's going to be uh, through the roof success. 
Well, first of all, it was three years, not five. But that's fine. No, that's fine. It's been three years uh, so far. But, you know, I have fell in love with this building whenever I first moved to this area. So I live in a, a small little rural area in southern Ohio in the States. And I... I've always driven by, this is an old bank. I've always driven by, like, I just love that building. I have a thing for historical buildings anyway. And when this building became available, I actually had been working up toward the city um, just because, honestly, I had started my business out of my house, like a lot of people do. Started out of my house. I even built an office that I should have soundproofed. That's another story for another day. <laughs> but I figured out really fast with, you know, a full, busy, child-filled house that my home office was causing a lot of issues. So I had been thinking about getting an office outside of my house. And I started doing a lot of business up toward the city because I knew people from the city. And rural areas, it's hard to get businesses started because there's not a lot of resources available. So like a lot of other people, I turned towards the city to be able to build my business. And I remember whenever this building became available, I was like, you know what? I could move my office there. But the only problem with that is the fact that where I said that there's no resources available for small businesses. So I came with this idea. I was like, well, what if I created this business hub? So in a lot of cities, you see, you know, co-working areas, you can see places where people can teach workshops. You know, there's a lot of places to go to have a meeting, lots of workshops to tap into, lots of resources to tap into. And once you get into the smaller areas where there's there's no jobs and there's a reason there's no jobs is because a lot of businesses can't sustain themselves there you know, very easily. That you have almost this like desert. This like I mean, it's it's, every, it's everything desert. It's a food desert. It's a you know business. De it's like there's nothing there, but yet there are people there who are needing all these things. So I came up with this concept, and everybody thought it was a terrible idea. I kept saying it like it, it, you know how like I like downloaded in my brain. I'm like I just think this would work. Why wouldn't this work? If you know that there's people in that area. There's people that have small businesses already. They're running them out of their homes like I was, or they're having to drive an hour and a half to the city like I was. You know, in my mind, I could think of what if he was to tap into the same idea of what they're doing in the city, but on a smaller scale, and be able to have these resources available to the rural areas to be able to allow them to, you know, get the resources they need, tap into the resources they need to be able to help their business thrive and survive and then thrive, you know. So that was kind of the concept, which, again, everybody thought was a terrible idea. Well, I am on a uh, committee, small business committee for the state of Ohio's chamber. It's in, in, in our um state capital, which is Columbus, Ohio. And it's funny that I'm the only person on that committee that's from a really small town. Like a lot of people are like, well, I'm from a small town. And I'm like, how many people's in your town? No, that's not a small town. <laughs> you know? And when some you of these, I- on your one hand, that's exactly. a small town. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, we have one stoplight and that's it. So a lot of these things that they would throw out as suggestions to drive economic growth, I'm like, that's not going to work there. And, you know, that's not going to work there. And I just kept seeing this gap, which just kind of furthered my idea that something like this was needed. But again, everybody's thinking it was a terrible idea. My husband even thought it was a terrible idea. My mom thought it was terrible. Everybody thought it was a terrible idea. So I, you know, ended up doing it anyway, because again, Monday's child, you know, I do <laughs> what I do. And um, I'm like, I just think this is going to work. And, you know, I dove into it and 
like a lot of other things, I did not know fully what I was biting off. I had never renovated an old historic <laughs> building before. And I, I had my moments where I was like, I should have listened to everybody. This is a horrible idea because I felt like Tom Hanks off the money pit where you like fix one thing and five things over there just broke. And, you know, I'm funding it out of my pocket and my pockets only have so much funding. And I'm like freaking out about like how I'm going to finish this project on, you know, this shoestring budget, but I was dead that I was going to do it because my concept of this building was that if there were to be, if there was to be a business hub in all of these small towns that, you know, we could get grants established for in the future, that that would help to drive that economic growth and allow for small businesses to be able to have somewhere to go for a meeting, to grab a bite to eat, you know, to have their meeting, to be able to, you know, take classes, courses, network, you know, all the things. So, I wanted to do it out of my pocket. I was very tempted on, <laughs> like I had a couple people wanting to invest after they seen that I was, you know, what I was doing. And I was like, I'd love to have your money. I'd really love to have your money. But this is not going to help as far as like my proof of concept. I want to prove that it can be done on a shoestring budget. Because if I can do it on a shoestring budget and make it work, then that's more proof of concept. Yeah. So, you know, we, this year, um, actually last year, we started to actually, um, profit in the business or the building itself so the building has its own separate business attached to it and we rented out offices because there's separate office space um this i actually rent three offices from the building business itself for my businesses for three of my businesses but we have other renters as well so last year was the first year that it actually made a profit uh, but that that we started, I got the keys in January of 2018, and it was a hot mess. So we've I can spent. Only imagine how, it was how much so bad. left it. Yeah, it was. Well, it had been. It is that empty for a couple of years too. So and it had not been updated, and you know the heat didn't work when we first got the building. We were paying $600 a week in propane costs for it to just not be frozen in here, just like the water wouldn't freeze, but it still was cold. You know, you would have a heater up to your feet. You'd be bundled up like you were outside, because and because the heating system had not been updated in forever. So it, it was it was bad. There was moments where I I. Well, like it's a wonder my husband didn't kill me because he was my labor for a lot of the things I didn't know how to do. Like the boiler system, he'd be down there beating his head against the wall of the boiler system at 1 a.m. sometimes trying to get it to work again. And you'd have to get on the work on it every two to three days just to keep it not frozen in there. <laughs> it was so bad at the beginning. So it's, I mean, but I mean, there, you could use the same concepts within any business. We have those, those times in the beginning of our businesses where we do question if we're making the right decision that we do question, you know, is this even working? Because even if there's money coming in, you know, it maybe it's just enough to keep it not frozen. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that it was, you know, normal, the steps that we went through, but I did have my moments where I wondered like, did I make the right decision? Is, is this a terrible idea? And it wasn't until last year I was like, okay, you know, this, this is this going to work. Okay. You know, my, my proof of concept will happen. You know, I started really, I, I guess I believed in myself the whole time. We always have a piece of ourselves where we wonder, you know, are we making the right decision? A little, a little voice in the back yeah. of your head like, that you have to quiet okay. out. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I've not made the right decisions on stuff. Like I decided to open a boutique one time. That was freaking the worst idea. Like that was like looking back, that was one of my ideas. Like what the hell was I thinking? Because I don't know how to run a boutique. I like a cute outfit, but I am not the most fashionable person. Half the time I 
barely brush my hair and it's just not me. So it was just hilarious that I even tried to do that. But, you know, it definitely was a learning experience too. And I think that's a big thing is that, you know, taking whatever decision it is that you've made and pulling out what was good from it, what wasn't, and always using that as learning to, to move forward. We're always learning. And I think as long as you're always learning, then that is successful. I love it. I, I love how you define success as always learning and never sitting down on your laurels or going after the money. It's like, how can this make me smarter? How can this make me uh, a better entrepreneur, a better business owner, or even a better person overall? So that I love that definition of success. Um, I want to ask you, because uh, you mentioned what one of the questions is, what is your uh, your first or favorite failure? And I'm guessing the boutique would be probably either your favorite failure or... Hmm. I've had a lot. <laughs> it's like, which is my favorite? I don't know. I mean, well, I, I, what lesson, how about this? <laughs> what is one of the best lessons you learned from one of your failures? I think the biggest lesson that I've had to learn is that more is not better. Um, and I think it's something I say to people now. And the reason I say it is because it's something I had to learn. You know, I always, anytime I would make a failure, no matter what it is, even like going back to my teenage years uh, on some things that I consider failures that were really just a part of my own learning experience in life, you know, I always tried to come out of that by proving myself and just doing more because I, yeah, screwed that up. So now I got to do like even more. If I do, if I do even more, you know, then I can, I guess, outrun what I felt inside was my failure. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work like that. You know, you have to look at any failure as a, a lesson. It really is a lesson. And yeah, you may have made some different decisions. And yeah, you may have wished some things went different or whatever. But all in all, you know, I, everybody I've ever talked to at this point always says the same thing, that you know, they would not actually take back any of those things, not in reality, because it led them to their next thing. And that's, actually really true with me and you know a lot of these things I tried to outrun my entire life was it was ridiculous I was trying to outrun them anyway because was it a part of my life yeah it was a part of my life do I you know did I wish I'd made a different decision I mean yeah I mean there's been plenty of times I did but at this point now I'm glad for every decision that I've ever made I'm even glad for the things that have happened to me that were horrible and terrible um which sounds makes me sound insane, but the reason that I am glad for those things is I would not be who I am today if I had not had the traumas I've gone through in my life. I would not be who I am today if I had not even made my own bad decisions and been able to learn things from them. So, you know, all in all, I'm, I'm actually happy for every failure kind of along the way. So, you know, I think that's what been my biggest lesson, though, is that you, you really need to look at it as a lesson and figure out what the next move is, the next move for whatever, you know, you're wanting your direction of your life to go and that you don't have to, I guess, earn your way out of a failure. You don't have to earn your way out of something that you didn't think was a great decision. You just say, well, that was a stupid decision and move on and make your decisions from there. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me because I've done it. If you kind of look historically over my life, a lot of the, even a lot of the successes that I've had, that was because I was chasing it because I was trying to prove myself because of something else. And, you know, I, again, I'm glad for them. I'm glad for the successes, too. But I wish that my why had been different while I was chasing it. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, 
making sure that your why is aligned with who you are. That's a that's a lesson I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed have have stated and reading up on entrepreneurs, it's like you need to find your why. Your why needs to be solid core value that you enjoy. Like my I love podcasting. I love helping people make podcasting because I think it's an amazing tool not only to network but to learn from because you get these master classes of like thirty to forty five minutes or even an hour when you have these experts talking that could cost you up to $10,000, you know, to listen to, but you have this hour worth of their time and all they're asking for is a few minutes. So that's why I love creating podcasts and interviewing amazing entrepreneurs like yourself who have hands in different pies, you know, building, uh, trying to help rural towns with your, you're like, I'll do it. No one else is doing it. I'll do it. And here you are building that amazing business and uh, proof of concept. Um, now you've come into podcasting within the last few years, right? Yeah, I, it was. I actually, let's see, I put out my first podcast of February of 2020. Ah, so just before COVID, very, uh, very huge uh, launch time, and yeah, it was a really weird thing for me. That it did not go the way I planned it, but <laughs> like, no, nothing did last year. <laughs> no, 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 nothing usually goes well uh, of 2020, um, but. Now you, you came in it with a business mindset, which is different than most podcasters. And most podcasters get into it for the, you know, hobbyist and with the idea that, oh, eventually I'll make money. You looked at podcasting as, hey, I want to make money as run it like a business. Now, being so un, someone so new to the industry, what, what things have you noticed that are lacking with podcasts? It's, it's funny that... I knew nothing about podcasting. Like I, I jokingly, and you've heard me say this, I call myself an accidental podcaster because even though I planned on starting the podcast, it was because I had been doing speaking engagements before that. And um, just kind of going backwards a little bit, Twenty, like 2019 was actually my worst year. 2018, 2019 was just terrible in my personal life. Mm. Business-wise, it was going great for a while. And then my personal life was falling into pieces. So I've been doing a lot of speech, speaking engagements and um, my personal life had started to calm down. I was in some therapies and I, we, my, me and my husband were in marriage counseling. Long story that I'm not going to waste your time with right now. But, you know, it became to the point or came to the point that I didn't want to do as many speaking engagements, um, which I guess in retrospect was a great idea since COVID shut them all down. But, you know, I decided 2020, I, when I made my 2020 plan, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do a bunch of speaking engagements. I need to really focus on my family, focus on my local business, focus on finishing this building. Like I'd made my 2020 year to, to really fine tune some other things more locally and not be driving to Manhattan every other week and or flying to Manhattan. I wasn't driving to Manhattan, flying to Manhattan every other week, you know, to be able to do something. So I just, I had already came up with this idea and it came from somebody else actually at a speaking engagement. They said, you should start a podcast. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I had no idea, like no idea what I was doing. And, you know, like you mentioned, I started like a business, which is what I, what I did know was business. I thought, okay, well, what can I use this for? To me, it made sense. It's like, okay, well, just like a speaking engagement, I'm creating value. I'm teaching on a subject. I can also bring in other people to help teach on a subject. And my idea from that was just creating value to be able to honestly lead gen, to be able to you know, meet people, to be able to show the value to have people reach out to ask questions to be able to you know push some things in my own business so that was the, the the first reason that i decided to start it but what it ended up happening was it also became very therapeutic for me because again i was 
in therapy at that point. First time I had ever been in therapy because I ran from therapy my whole life. Another story for another day. So, you know, I was healing from a lifetime of traumas and at the same time that I'm given this, this microphone, right? (laughs) Microphone to be able to kind of, do what I want to, because I'm the one funding the bill. Nobody hired me in and gave me a script. So there was something that ended up happening during that time that I did start like a business with a goal in mind to be able to use it as lead gen. And you can hear it at the very beginning episodes that I recorded that it was very business minded and which is nothing wrong with that. But then you can also hear when it changed to Maria's therapy session. And then you can hear as it came kind of became a combination of both because what accidentally happened during that time was honestly more than I ever could have planned for is it has been a lead generation. I do believe every podcast should be ran like a business. I believe anything that you do, if it's going, if it has a potential of creating dollars needs to be run like a business, but you know, podcasting became even more because it allowed me to fully heal. It really did. And you can, you can actually listen and be able to hear all that but it allowed me to tap into other people while i was being vulnerable which was not a plan that was never my plan to be as vulnerable as i ended up being and share every single detail of all the things i'd hid my entire life but what happened as i cringed after i recorded those episodes and released them by the way is that that made me vulnerable enough that i ended up with so many people reaching out to me saying me too you know saying i'm so glad you said that you know with allowing me to kind of be able to merge my personal world with my business world, which is something that I had wanted to do for so long because I was driving myself insane trying to keep them all in these separate boxes and they kept just leaking into each other and I'll drive myself crazy trying to keep this one over here and this one over here. And, you know, I spent most of my time trying to keep my world separate when in reality there was no real way to do that. And I was wasting time, you know, resources, mental energy, trying to do something that was actually ridiculous to do in the first place. And, you know, I had already kind of started coming into that journey, which is why it's titled Successfully Chaotic, but I didn't realize how much I wasn't fully even understanding what I was even preaching about at first until I really kind of got into that journey of really speaking with other people. And I think, I think a lot of podcasters, no matter what the genre, even if it's something that's entertainment based, you can still hear if you listen from the beginning as they mature because they come into their own voice, they come into their own story and they come into their own why. And I know we talked about that a couple of times on here, but why is the most important thing to me on everything. And even clients I work with in my marketing company, they probably get like annoyed with how often I ask them, but why, you know, (laughs) but why let's figure out why. why, just why. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you need to do that because you know, there's a lot of reasons why, and a lot of times the surface reasons why aren't the real reasons. We don't even realize that. Like the surface reasons, we barely scrape the surface of our why, you know, at the beginning of starting anything most of the time. And so you have to kind of just kind of keep digging down to ask yourself why. And, you know, I've, I've always been, I'm, I'm slightly hyperactive. It's not a shock for most people to learn that. I'm self-diagnosed ADHD. I know it's a shock. You're probably like, what? What? No, I mean, I am. For weeks, I've never noticed. (laughs) I mean, I am. And and that could be, again, used for good or evil on that. But, you know, I've always been a jumper because of that. Most people are hyperactive or very impulsive. You know, it's like, oh, okay, let's do it. 
let's do it, let's do it. You know, and, and that's good and bad because there's the other side where I've seen people sit on something amazing for like five years, never do anything with it because they're afraid to try and fall on their face. So, you know, again, it's a spectrum. For me, I would have always been a jumper. Um, I'm more of a hesitant jumper now because once you've been, you know, burnt a few times or fell on your face, you know that you do need to put yourself through some of these questions. And one of the biggest ones I, I ever asked myself, and I don't immediately jump anymore. I make myself wait. I have like the cooling down period, you know, uh, figuring out, okay, well, why, why am I wanting to do this? You know, why? And I have to ask myself that more than one time because, you know, it might look like, a, oh, this is a great opportunity. That's not a why. That's not a real why. Great opportunity. Why is it a great opportunity? And why do we want this opportunity? And, and you know, what is going to come from that opportunity? And why do we want that? So I mean, there's so many levels to it. And I think a lot of people end up only hitting those first levels. And I think that's where a lot of these podcasters, they start their podcast because of, you know, one small why. But they don't realize that there's other whys underneath that because, you know, maybe they feel the need to be heard or maybe they feel like they've been silent in their own life. Or maybe, you know, there's so many deep underlying whys to the reasons that we decide to do something that sometimes we don't even know them all. And we have to be very conscientious on asking ourselves these questions. No, I, and I, I agree with you. A lot of podcasters don't have that why. Like, I remember when I started my first show, The Phil Better Show, I just wanted to be famous. That my, my why was, let's become famous. And obviously, with this, that podcast, I didn't become famous. Um, <laughs> so close. So close. I got really close. Um, but it gave me all the tools necessary to start this podcast. And I start, the, the reason I started this one was I never had an entrepreneur in my life or uh, the normal entrepreneur, if you will, like the image that I had similar to yours, where you didn't know you were an entrepreneur when you were marketing yourself as a, as yeah. a, a trainer and that. So my whole life, I didn't have that. I had only nine to fivers. And I knew about, oh, you know, like Bill Gates, he was successful, Warren Buffett's successful, all those. And I'm like, okay, I have to do something like that. And then having talked to now, I think I'm over close to 70 entrepreneurs by now, I've learned that no, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business in this podcasting world and teaching people and showing people and just interviewing people is a business unto itself. So the why is like the most important. Why are you starting your podcast? Why do you want it to be successful? And, and I think having you reiterate the why is so important. It's going to be like the headline, the Maria Daniels, the why. <laughs> will be the, the, why. Name. the why. Oh. No. Yeah. Uh, but... I want to know, you've, you've interviewed uh, a lot of different people on your successful chaotic. I have been a guest as well, which I'm always thankful for, but who has been maybe one of your favorite guests? And like, I'm not saying it's your no, favorite, hard. favorite, but one guest that you feel that if we had to listen to one episode because of that guest, which one would it be? That's a really hard question. You know, it's really sad. I never listened back to my podcast. It's fine. I, I, I only listen once when I'm editing, so I understand. Stacey, Stacey will be like, oh, an episode this. It's season this, episode this. You did this. I was like, oh, I did? Okay. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's, I know that goes against, like, the podcaster creed or something. I've been, like, scolded by every podcaster out there. And, again, like, I'm not saying it's the right way to do it. You know, there, there's I can see benefits to listening to them. But I'll be honest, I don't have the time nor the mental capacity to sit and listen to myself talk. And so I just don't. Um, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of um, guests, which okay, all of them. How about are, this? We'll, 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 we'll switch it up. Who is an, a guest that you would love to have on your podcast? Hmm. 
could be past, present, future, famous, non-famous, anybody. Who do you who would you want to be able to sit down and interview with? I feel like I should have read your questions. Yeah, that that, 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 that would have made this interview <laughs> that a lot different. That would have made it a lot better. I, I, there's some things I'm not good at, and that's one of them. Um, let's see. There's lots of things I'm not good at. I don't know. That's so hard. You know, I don't – I guess I, I can say I don't get hung up, which goes against a lot of other podcasters. I'm not saying this is right. You're successfully for me. podcasting. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's – I don't get hung up in um, if they're famous or not. Uh, which I know the reasons, I know the ratings, I know the blah, 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 blah. But for me, I don't care about that. I like to hear, it's more of a type. I want the underdogs. I want the people that, you know, have clawed their way to their idea of success. And I don't care if that's a bajillion dollars. I don't care if that's, hey, they made their rent. You know, I don't care what their idea of success is. It, that doesn't matter to me. I, their success just, can be whatever it their is. Their success. Because I think so often, and I again, I fell into this myself. I was chasing somebody else's idea of success, was which was the title, the you know, the house, the car, the money, the the things, and those aren't bad. There's nothing wrong with them, but to me, that's not my idea of happy. So why was that my idea of success? Because I'm just as happy being in the woods with nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually am more comfortable. I am an outdoor person. I love to be outside. You know, I have nice things. You know, and that that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you was to ask me what my idea of happy is, it's not those things. Like, I don't, like, we still live in a normal house. You know, we still, I mean, it's a, it's a nicer normal house, but it's still a normal house. You know, I just, I don't get hung up on a lot of the, the, the things that a lot of people do. Again, everybody has to make their decisions for them. So, but I guess it would be the people that have reached their idea of what they think success is, with their idea of happy, but have gone through a journey that is maybe less than perfect. And the reason I like those people, I I talk to other people too, but the reason I like those people so much is because, well, number one, I am that person, you know, but number two, whenever I was going through some of my struggles and I couldn't find a good example of somebody that was like me, you know, I would listen and maybe they were, but they hadn't really owned their entire story, you know, or at least not, you know, to the world. So I would listen and try to, we all compare ourselves, whether we realize and admit we do, we all do. So I would like listen to this stuff, this, you know, successful, you know, female entrepreneur, I would listen to their story and their journey and even their idea struggles. And I'd be like, oh, that would be like a day in the park if that was my struggles, <laughs> you know, and I kept just trying to find these examples and I wasn't, I was still running full force toward, you know, again, somebody else's idea of success and I would trip and fall and trip and fall. Life would happen. Um, you know, it, it would never fail. I, you know, it'd get almost there. It's almost like that, those movies that you see where you're like running to the door, you get almost there, but the door is like farther and farther and farther away. It would always be something, you know, it would, you know, a kid would get sick and, you know, I would have to miss this really important meeting or, you know, just something else, you know, would just go wrong. And I kept thinking, you know, maybe this is not for me. Maybe this journey is not for me. Maybe, you know, I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not this enough. Maybe I'm not that, da, 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 da. And I've been listening to this stuff trying to find, you know, really some encouragement to keep going because I'm, you know, I didn't want to quit, um, which, you know, I do want a disclaimer here. Sometimes there's very good reasons to quit things. 
very good reasons. Don't go with this, you know, grind and hustle and never quit. I think that's bullshit. There's times to grind. There's times to hustle. There's times to not quit. There's also times where you stop your rest and you quit. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But no, for I me, totally in this with that, like taking a moment, yeah. reassess the environment, see exactly. if it's worthwhile continuing down. Is it closer yep. to your goal? No, then ask it. It's not going to bring you the, the, the happiness or the success that you want. So. Absolutely. Because no, I, and I think well, a lot of times we do more damage to ourselves, to our pocketbook, to all the things by hanging on to something that's not the right fit for us. So, I mean, I do think there's times, but for me, I'm glad I didn't quit during these times, but I almost did so many times because I would get, so for, I was getting exhausted with running full force and it felt like, you know, not only would I trip, but I would trip, I would like, like fall down a ravine and burst into flames and be clawing up the other side. And I would just look for just an anchor, something to kind of tether onto just to kind of give me the willpower to go on. And I couldn't find anything that was like me, which, you know, I know there's lots of people. I've talked to lots of people now that, you know, have similar stories to mine even. And, but I just, I couldn't find very, very many examples of that. And, you know, for me, that was one of the reasons that I decided to really stop hiding from the pieces of my life that I wanted to forget the pieces of my life where I wish I had made different decisions, the pieces of my life where people hurt me, the pieces of my life that were messy and ugly and scarred. And, you know, wasn't something you would normally be like, here, look at this. This is, this is what I did. You know, type of thing. I decided I, I didn't care. I didn't care that somebody was going to judge me for part of it. I didn't care that sometimes people would pity me for other parts of it because I feared both just the same. I didn't want to be pitied. I also didn't want to be judged. And, you know, I've spent so many years of my life worrying about how somebody was going to perceive my life that I was missing out on my life. So, you know, the day that I decided I just didn't actually give a rat's ass, people, you know, thought about it anymore, that I was just going to own my journey because it was my journey. It was nobody else's. And was the day that really I felt like I was, it sounds kind of corny, but I felt like I was, I was actually freed from all of it, that it wasn't, you know, I wasn't chained down to all the stuff that I had to try to keep everybody from knowing all the time because I, I was out there saying it. And I mean, I, I know my mom listened to a couple episodes and she was like, oh, it's on, it's on iTunes for you. Why would you say that on iTunes? I'm like, well, I put it on iTunes. I want it on iTunes, you know, but to me, my why behind that was to heal and part of my healing was the not caring what people thought. But also the other part was to be what I couldn't find, you know, to be that person out there that if somebody else is like going through the muck of life, because let's face it, you know, life is beautiful and amazing, but sometimes it also sucks. Yeah. There is days that freaking suck. I don't care. That doesn't make you a negative person to say today sucks, that today you just want it to go to hell because I mean, you're going to have those days being a positive person. Doesn't mean you're positive 100% of the time. I consider myself a very positive person. I love my life, but I also have those days where I'm like, I freaking quit and I hate everything and everyone. And that is okay. This <laughs> feelings. You can still be a positive person. So I, you know, I wanted to be that person that was able to be there to say, that's okay that you feel that way. You know, that's okay that you've been through this, that, and the other. That's okay that you made that mistake. But it's also okay that you've had these successes because there is both sides of it. I have, I've had successes, but I, I didn't want to overshadow the part that led me to the successes, which was all the rest of it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Maria, this is a question or that we're coming to the final two questions that I normally ask. They're, they're not on the questionnaire. So everybody doesn't know what it is, but you didn't read the questionnaire. So it's fine. So I could lie and everybody would be aware of this. Um, 
what is one lesson you want my listeners to take away from listening to this whole thing? You probably, I don't, I don't want to say it's the why, but what, what is another lesson or what is that core message you want to at least tell the p- people who are listening? that there's no such thing as a perfect journey. There's no such, such thing as a perfect life. And, you know, that's the reason I have the title successfully chaotic because everybody's life is, is chaos. You know, everybody's life has good parts, bad parts, crazy parts, funny parts, you know, just think of your favorite movie. It's got all the things in it, if, unless the movie sucks. So, I mean, part of a full life is all the things and, you know, that's not going to look perfect. So stop, you know, looking at these glossed over versions of stuff on Instagram and Pinterest and all those things. And I like those, those who have a purpose, you know, I like looking at the beautiful photos, but don't let their highlights of their life make you feel worse about the messy parts of yours. Cause guaranteed they have messy parts. They have messy parts. So, and I mean, I think that's the biggest thing because it's so easy to do that. And it's so easy to get, you know, hung up on what other people think. And, you know, I, I it's not like I, want people to hate me. I don't want people to hate me, but I also can't let somebody else's idea of who I am or what I should do and shouldn't do define what I actually do. So I think those are the biggest things. I love it. It's a great lesson uh, to take away from this episode. And now uh, this is more for me. Um, I'm a voracious uh, book reader and you, you uh, having a cafe that also has some books for sale there. What is one book you think entrepreneurs or someone thinking about getting into the world of entrepreneurship should read um it doesn't necessarily have to be about entrepreneurship but it could have some lessons that could help entrepreneurs there's a lot of them i know um i really liked um rich dad poor dad i'm sure everybody says that one because that one's no, like actually a big one. there's been only one other person who said rich dad poor dad oh, so you're okay fine. well that's a that's a big one because i, I read that i was like it, it's it's funny the, the biggest like oh moments are the ones that's so common sense you're like somehow we should have known that but but we didn't you know um and so that one's one of them another one is i really like I bought it just because I mentioned earlier, um, I, I like underdogs. I've always said underdogs. Mm-hmm. And then I seen this book titled um, The Underdog Advantage by Dean, Gra- Dean Graziazzi. And I was like, oh, I got to read that because I'm for the underdog. Woo, woo, you know, and um, it was it was actually a really good book. I, I mean, I bought it mainly because I was like, oh, underdogs. I am for the underdog. But it was really eye opening and really did a great job of even explaining things I didn't even know why I really wanted to represent the underdog. Um, but I just knew that I did because I was one. And I really like that one's a good one too, because I think you'll, you run into a lot of people. It's like, well, you know, I can't do that because of this. Well, I can't do that because of this. And, you know, my life is crazy. If there's a thousand reasons that I shouldn't have ever been able to do any of the things that I do. Um, so don't let the, you know, your idea of what, you know, an entrepreneur looks like or a podcaster looks like or whatever your big goal, big why is, don't look like, don't look at your life and think that you can't do it because you can do anything. So I mean, I really like that. Those are some good books. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Maria, I'm going to jump off screen for a second. I'm going to give you time okay. to let everybody know where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast and if they want to reach out and work with you or get maybe uh, have a one-on-one uh, chat to get better. So it's all yours. Cool. All right. So um, you can find my podcast, all the podcast places. It's called Successfully Chaotic. Um, we're on all the social media under Successfully Chaotic as well. And 
uh, Reset Business Consulting is my marketing company, so you can find me through there. We do a few other live shows at the stream um, to our Facebook and YouTube channels. So, yeah. If, and if you want to reach out for a one-on-one, um, I know there's some calendar links on my social media. I think in my IG bio where you can schedule just a one-on-one. I do do free discovery calls, chats. I'm big on doing that. Um, I will disclaimer myself, though. I don't take on every client. I'm pretty picky on who I work with for different different things that I have because um, there's only 24 hours in a day. I want to make sure that we both are getting what we need from the situation. But I do do all the discovery calls. So Excellent. Yes. And of course, all the notes, uh, all the links and that will be in the show notes down below so that you can reach out to Maria or her business and see if they can, they're your perfect fit, but also listen to her podcast, specifically the one with me on. Cause I, I, I think I was That's the best one. guest. You were, um, you were really good. <laughs> but yes, uh, Maria, I want to thank you again for being a guest on the show. You've provided a great resource for the underdogs. I feel this is a, a very underdog episode and somewhat similar to my story of trying to start my own business. So I want to thank you for being a guest and, investing your time with us here at the at the show and remember ladies and gentlemen invest yourself hey i want to thank you so much for listening to the episode i had such a great time talking with our guest now i have one simple favor to ask of you if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a family member or a close friend so that they can learn from this amazing entrepreneur i thank you so much for being a fan of the show and just being an amazing human being And I can't wait to see you guys on the flip.